can be found at knittingontherun.podbean.com. You can find me online on Ravelry and Instagram as Windswept Monique, on Twitter as Windswept Knits, on Facebook as Windswept Designs, and I'd love for you to join our Ravelry group. You can also email me, podcast at windswept-designs-online.com. Hello and welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast. This is episode 20 and today is August 23rd, 2017. I'd like to say a big thank you to those of you who are returning listeners and welcome and thank you very much to any new listeners. First off, I do want to warn you that next week there might not be a show. It is my oldest son's last week before he starts kindergarten. So we are planning lots of fun stuff to end the summer, but I will definitely be back the following weekends. This week include FOs, whips, wearables. I'm doing a knitting discussion on the fact that there are no knitting police and a rather more extended on the run than normal. Here we go. I only have one FO this week. That is the Empire Top by Lily Go in a discontinued bamboo cotton blend that is called Peekaboo. It's by Frog Tree Yarns. I've been working on this one for months and months and months, and I got it done just in time for Stash Dash, just under the wire, which is really exciting. And while I'm here, I'll actually do a quick uh, plug for Stash Dash. I hope you all reached your totals, those of you who are participating. I just eked out my 3,000 meter total. I really thought I had more than that. I don't know why. I, I wasn't tracking it very well, to be honest. This summer has been just insane. Crazy busy, traveling a lot more than normal. And I just didn't get as much done as I thought I had in, in the back of my head. But I did get the Lily Go top done, and the Empire top, and I love it. It fits beautifully. I'm still annoyed I had to restart it because I lost several hundred yards worth of work there. But I, I am so happy with it, and I'll definitely post some pictures in the show notes that are up on my Instagram feed. You may have already seen them. I love it, and I am actually looking forward to cooler weather, at least for a few days, so I can wear this beautiful new tunic that I have. Um, those of you who know me know that I hate cold weather. And yes, I do live in New England. Yes, I realize the irony. On to whips. I've worked on a couple of different things this week. I've put in about a, an inch further onto my Triang shawl by Lee Meredith, and that's more impressive than it sounds, considering you work on it sideways, and you work. I'm working on it in a lace weight yarn, so an inch, an inch across is actually a whole slew of rows up and down, or, or back and forth, as, as I probably should say, but I do like the way it's coming out, and this pattern is a lot of fun. I definitely recommend it. It's not a simple pattern, but if you can, if you read the pattern carefully and do exactly what she says, you will get a lovely shawl. I've also been working a little bit on my hitchhiker. That's kind of my go-to brainless thing since it's back and forth and back and forth in Carter Stitch. It's a Christmas present for my mother-in-law, and that's in Ito by Kinu Yarns. It's 100% silk, and I am a big fan of this yarn. It is just so much fun to work with. And the last thing I've been working on is a new cast on Second Grace by Bristol Ivy. And while I have been following Bristol Ivy for ages on social media, this is actually the first Bristol Ivy pattern I've knit. And I'm really excited because I do like her, her design aesthetic quite a bit. I'm working 
in Barocco's Modern Carton, Cotton. So I cast this on about four days ago or so, and then ripped it out the next day. Decided I wanted the ribbing down a needle size. I sort of followed her directions. She recommended casting on a needle size down. I didn't. Oh well. So I'm just casting it on again, and I'm about halfway through the cast on. I'm hoping to finish it tonight because I've gotten a lot of obligation stuff that I needed to get done this week out of the way. So tonight I get to knit something for myself, and I am excited. On to wearables. I've only worn one thing this week, and that is the Thought Sweater by Hohilo Catelli. I've mentioned this a lot. It's kind of my go-to summer sweater when I just want to throw something over my shoulders on a cool evening. I knit this in Araucania's Yambrel, or Yambrel Araucania, I should say, which is the same yarn I'm using for the Triang shawl that I mentioned earlier, and that's a discontinued lace weight cotton yarn. And the color work, the color weight is the same. I don't have the color name written down, but it's a blend of um, peach and baby blue and pink and hints of purple, and it's really quite pretty. So I wanted to have a discussion today about the fact that there are no knitting police. After attending SSK and chatting with a bunch of knitters there, a bunch of knitters since then, and a couple discussions at my local knitting group since that time period, and heck, even reading the Knitting Mystery series and, and seeing a few conversations in those books even, there are no knitting police. Um, when you get a pattern and you get your yarn, some people are really hesitant to change anything. They're fearful that they're doing it quote-unquote wrong. But I want to assure you, and I'm going to say this again, there are no knitting police. When you're knitting from a pattern, you do not have to do it exactly as you're written. You do not have to use the same yarn. Do you have a long torso? Add some extra rows. Do you have a short torso? Feel free to skip a few rows. Do you like your bum covered, but the pattern doesn't seem to work well in that area for you? Add some short rows in the back to cover your derriere. Do you love the body of the sweater you're working, but hate the sleeves? That's fine. Knit the body as written and just knit the sleeves and stockinette. Switch up the yarns if you want. If you don't like the yarn or don't like the color or what have you, and I'm going to be devoting a whole episode to this in the future. I know people have covered it ad nauseum, but I think it's something we need to talk about a lot. You don't have to use the yarn that the designer calls for. Now, there are pluses and minuses to choosing a different yarn, and I'm going to cover that extensively in the future. But my point is, you can. And once you purchase a pattern, it's yours to alter as you please for your own sweater. Now, I am not saying that you should tweak the pattern and publish it. That is a copyright violation, and you should not do that. But tweak the pattern to fit your body and your knitting style. So here's an example from me personally. I hate inserting sleeves after the fact. I never get them to line up properly. I always get a bump at a weird location, and it's either uncomfortable or looks really weird. So, after a lot of trial and error, I don't anymore. If I, I look at the sleeve pattern, and I, if it's knit, you know, bottom up and then sewn in later on, I reverse the pattern, then I pick up and knit the sleeves around the armhole and work all my sleeves that way, no matter what the pattern says. And that's okay. The sweater I'm making is for me. The designer can, you know, write it any way they want, but I can then interpret their design any way that I want. So this might seem really scary to a bunch of you, and that's totally okay. If all you ever want to do is read a pattern and follow it exactly, that is fine, and there's nothing wrong with that either. 
go for it. You do you. You make that best garment you can, and you wear it with pride because God knows you put the effort in. But for those of you who are looking at a pattern and saying, I like this pattern, but I want to tweak one thing, or I want to tweak these two little things, or I love the pattern, but I want to do it in this yarn that's got a more of a tweedy texture because it's going to fit my wardrobe better, go for it. Do it. Make the garment you love. Make the garment you will wear. You're putting how many hours into this? You should end up with something that you are proud to wear often. So I'm going to get off my soapbox now. And we'll talk about some more of these things, you know, going forward over the course of this next winter. I, I really want to kind of delve into some of these areas more specifically on how to alter patterns carefully. Um, because there does seem to be a lot of fear in that area. And, and there shouldn't be. You remember, there's no right and wrong in knitting. You're making something that you want to wear. If you're happy wearing it, then you've done it right. On to on the run. So, I have been running the past few weeks, which is really exciting. I haven't mentioned it because the knitting segments have been running a little bit long. But uh, today I actually got outdoors and pushed thing two in the jogging stroller on a run for the first time in, God, six months? Maybe we did one run a couple months ago Well, when he was acting up and I had to take him out of thing one's karate class for fear he was disrupting the class. Um, but I, that's probably the only other time since January since I, I first hurt my knee again. So that was really exciting because I used to push my older son all the time. I mean, I trained for multiple half marathons and a marathon with him in the stroller. And it was kind of our time and we really loved doing that. So I, I'm loving having that time with my little guy too. And I'm really excited now that it's fall and it's getting a little, little bit cooler. It's, um, it's going to be a really good thing for us to do together this fall. You know, we could go for a run and then pick up the big brother at school. I think we're going to enjoy that. But since this is the Knitting on the Run podcast, I want to talk about more than just the fact that I actually went for a run. I think it's time to get the, the On the Run segment back on track. So over the next few weeks, I want to talk about some injury issues and injury prevention. Even if you don't run, you might learn something that could help you, particularly if you're dealing with chronic pain in your hips or knees, for example. The topic I'm covering today might help you a little bit in that area. Now, full disclosure, I am not a medical professional. My background is IT and programming. I'm only someone who has gotten injured a lot and has had to learn a lot the hard way. If you are in pain, please consult a doctor or a specialist in your area of pain and let them help you. So that being said, let's have a quick talk today about body mechanics and injuries, particularly overuse injuries. When you're running, you are putting stress on your body, particularly your lower body. Now, that's a good thing. It keeps you in shape, and your body is designed to move, not to sit all day long, which a lot of you, like me, you know, do or did behind a desk regularly. So you run into problems and injuries when something in your body is off. If, if you have a mechanical issue, say, in your foot or your hips, the rest of your lower body, sometimes it's called the kinetic chain, has to do something to compensate. 
So here I am going to link in the show notes to the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons so that you can read more on this issue and learn more about kinetic chains and overuse injuries and, and injury prevention and also how to help yourself. So you can find links in the show notes to learn more from reputable sources. So over time, your muscles, tendons, and ligaments are, that are doing the compensating have too much stress on them, and that's where you get an injury. So just to recap quickly, the cause of your injury isn't necessarily where your injury appears. That's why cross-training and strength training is so important when you're doing one particular sport regularly, like you run all the time, or you swim all the time, or you play tennis all the time. You need to use your muscles in different ways and strengthen the weak muscles to prevent an injury. So let's walk through a real-world example so that this makes a little bit more sense. Let's take your hip flexors. If you don't know where your hip flexors are, if they're just in front of your legs, kind of going from your hip bone area down to your your thighs, basically, the, the front of your thighs. They're the uh, group of muscles, tendons, etc., in the front of your hips that you use to lift up your legs. When you lift up your leg to go up a flight of stairs, that's your hip flexors engaging. So if your hip flexors are really tight, then they pull on your hamstrings. So your hamstrings are always stretched and they can't really relax. Now, your hamstrings are the groups of muscles behind your leg. They go from sort of your, your hips, your, your butt, for lack of a better phrase, kind of, to uh, behind your knee. Now, uh, I would highly recommend if you really want to visualize what I'm talking about, just Google hip flexors, Google hamstrings. You'll see images of where they are on a, on a human body. And it might be a little bit easier to, to picture if you don't know these muscle groups. So hip flexors are in the front, in front of your hip that lift your leg up. The hamstrings are behind your thigh, stretching from your hip, hip your butt, essentially down to your knee. So those that front muscles are always tight, then the back muscles never relax. And over time, because those muscles are engaged and engaged and engaged and essentially overstretched, um, you will get a hamstring injury. You'll get a pulled hamstring, possibly a torn hamstring. But the cause isn't the hamstring. The cause is the tight hip flexors in the front, putting pressure and constant stress on the hamstrings. Your hamstring is where the kinetic chain broke down. So I'm going to repeat myself here on purpose. The cause of your injury isn't necessarily where your injury appears. This is why you need to cross-train. If you're you know, playing basketball and oh, that's all you ever do. If you're swimming all the time and that's all you ever do. If you're running and training for a big race, you know, you can probably, you can get away without it for a 5k. I don't recommend it, but you can get away without cross training or strength training for a 5k. But once you get into the bigger leagues, once you're doing a marathon, you need to get those muscles moving in another way. And that's actually really important for people who are sedentary. If you're sitting at a desk all day long, get up and go for a walk at lunch. Take the stairs once a day. Just get your muscles moving in a different way. And you can prevent a lot of injuries. Now, obviously, you're not going to prevent anything. If you, you know, trip and fall down the stairs, you're going to get hurt. And there's nothing you can do about that. If you, you know, step on a curb wrong and roll your ankle and, and get a really bad ankle sprain, you know, there's, there's nothing you can do with cross training or strength training to prevent that kind of injuries. But in terms of overuse or underuse injuries, I guess you could say for people who sit at a desk all day, like I used to all the time, you can take your health and look at it and say, okay, how can I make this better? You know, go to your local YMCA, 
they always have workouts posted, you know, if you're looking to strengthen this or, you know, gain flexibility here or do that, you know, here's five exercises you can do to help fix this problem. Do you have lower back pain? Try these five exercises here. If you've joined a gym, you usually get one free personal training session. Take advantage of it. Talk to them about what your health problems are. They'll show you some exercises. Take notes. So that way you remember it because I guarantee you, four or five, six weeks down the road, you're not going to remember everything they say. But just go out and move. Really, that's what it comes down to. To prevent injuries, move your muscles a different way. Now, in the interest of full disclosure here, I definitely have a vested interest in this. I have run many half marathons and one full marathon, and I was injured running a marathon. I pulled my hamstrings quite badly. Mine was not thanks to a hip flexor issue, but it was another breakdown in the kinetic chain. Um, and I don't want you to be there. I don't want you to be in my position. I've, I've, like I said, I've learned this kind of stuff the hard way. So if you're going out there and training for your first 10K, half marathon, full marathon, do it the right way. Don't do what I did. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. <sighs> but it's so true. Um, I will never make that same mistake again after being, you know, severely injured and having, God, was it five months of physical therapy? Because um, I pulled both hamstrings and then proceeded to walk another 10 miles on them because I was stupid. And I was running a full marathon for, um, to raise money for, um, well, Give Kids the World. It's the, it's the hotel in Florida where kids who are on Make-A-Wish trips stay. I was, I was running for charity to raise money for them. So, um, you know, it was a, it was a good cause and I was determined to finish it. Also, not best decision I ever made. I, you know, almost needed surgery. But back on point, my point is move your muscles in different ways. Make sure you get that cross training in. Go for a 10 minute bike ride. You know, are you a runner? Go for a walk. Are you a biker? Go for a run. Just move your body in a different way and you can prevent so many bad things from happening. Now that I've repeated myself ad nauseum, uh, definitely time to wind this segment down. So go out, move, today, you. Yes, I'm talking to you, now. That brings us to the end of our show. I will be back at least in two weeks, if not next week, as I mentioned at the top of the show. I hope you all have a beautiful end of your summer and a very happy Labor Day, wherever you are. And keep something beautiful in your needles for me. Bye-bye.